Hello, 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 and welcome to The Blessed Family. I am your co-host, Kate Buck, and I am here on a solo episode today. Uh, Our co-host, Raj, is sitting out, but it is only because I have a very, uh, for what is for me, and I hope for you too, a very special person here that I get, or I have the opportunity to interview today. Uh, And that is someone for me that it's really hard for me to introduce because if you want me to use language and titles and words, kind of is all of them for me. He is uh, my partner. I guess that's probably the easiest word. Uh, We've started companies together. We've traveled together. We've had many of the variety of life's experiences (laughs) together. And that is my my dear friend and someone I love very much, Jesse Jameson. Hello, Jesse. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, welcome to the show, finally. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, been, uh, I know this has been a, uh, a project for you for quite some time that you've been very excited about, and it's pretty cool to watch it come to life. Well, what's special about it for me that the listeners probably don't know is while this episode is likely airing somewhere in the 15, 16, 17 range, uh, we've pr- at least a dozen episodes in the can. Um, Jesse is actually, as far as I'm concerned, my inspiration for starting this podcast. So there's that. We should start by saying thank you, Jesse. Well, very cool. I'm honored. So just to give a little bit of background, uh, actually, originally, there was a possibility that Jesse and I were going to do this podcast together. And without going into all of it, just due to kind of life circumstances and stuff that you know we had going on and just situations as they w- may be, it made more sense to start the hashtag blessed podcast and do it with Raj. And we've had a terrific run and we really love it. But the reason that I say Jesse was the inspiration is originally when I decided I wanted to do a podcast, uh, I first approached Jesse and then when that kind of didn't work out, then I approached Raj and that is what has brought forth the hashtag blessed podcast that you know to date. But the reason that besides all the rambling I said before about who Jesse is for me is that Jesse was there when I was going through that sort of midlife crisis, but in a positive way, you know, that time in your life when all of the identity that you've built up, all of the you know, I had just gotten divorced. I had knew myself as a stepmom and as a wife and as a homeowner and as all of these different things. And then in, in the blink of an eye, so to speak, or then something happens and life changes and all of a sudden you start to question, well, who am I really if I'm not if I'm not a wife and I'm not a stepmom or do I choose to be those things? Who am I? What is this all about? What does it mean? And Jesse happened to be, you know, pop up into my life at that point in time and really taught me from the beginning. I still remember sitting in the South Austin house when you had the timer for 10 minutes <laughs> and we sat across from each other and I couldn't meditate for 30 seconds. That was probably the beginning, but also from Oracle cards and crystals, which I've now become a pseudo expert in, um, to meditation, to yoga, you really have been the person to really guide me towards these different 
seminars, books, experiences, tools, like the whole wide range of essential oils and healing and, you know, acupuncture, massage, I mean, all of it, right? Because it's all within the same spectrum of things. So I really credit you with being my first and probably still my main, you know, teacher and mentor. And pretty much everything I say on the podcast stems from some conversation that we had or some book that I found because of something that we did or somewhere that we went or something, 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 the ripple effect. So that is what I mean when I say that you're the inspiration. Yeah. Awesome. Again, incredibly humbled and it's uh, been amazing just to watch the journey unfold. So I do want to ask you questions, but I also want to mention that what I just shared in my observation um, is not isolated to just me. Mm -hmm. In other words, it just so happens either randomly or as we know from this podcast, not so randomly because nothing is as random as it seems is that, that you find, do you find yourself in that position? It's my observation that you find yourself in that position quite often. Yeah. Yeah. That has been the case. And for a while I was really resistant to it and it, you know, took a a while through meditation and just kind of exploring the fact that this occurrence of, of people showing up just, it, it became a regular thing. Um, I do find that it comes in waves and, and for right now it's, it's kind of toned down a bit. And I think that's because I am looking inward again and doing a bunch of internal work and exploration myself. And so I think I've kind of been given a little bit of a break (laughs) from having people come into my world, um, at, with peculiar timing (laughs) to, to interact with them and, and kind of be a part of their growth. And so well, we could do a whole episode on what my response is to all of that in in usual in in usual life. But since we're in this container of the podcast, my, uh, my question to you is like: Is it was it similar to what my experience was, where they've had a life change? Either I would assume that nine. My my guess, if you you made me bet. Uh, or put put out a wager, which is actually something that you taught me, I would say 90% of the people have had a significant life change. And I would bet that most of those are relationship changes. And the rest of them are something like a business failing, or some other maybe someone dying, or maybe them being diagnosed with a disease or something. But I still think a huge portion of the people that are coming awake, so to speak, are are first doing it usually because there's some life change. And a lot of times that has to do with they've been in a long-term or very significant relationship and they're coming out of it. But I could be wrong. I'm curious how you think that divvies up. I I think it's a combination of the two. I think that uh, a catalyst of some sort is usually at play, you know, like you said, a life-changing event, but I've also found it on the other end of the spectrum where it's uh, people who are long overdue for a life-changing event. And it's the stagnation and the, and the being in the not being content with just knowing that something needs to change. A lot of times it's just having been in a, in a safety net or just a bubble for an extended period of time and there's no growth occurring. And then there's this kind of a shift that's just waiting for them. And, and, those are the two, but usually it's either, like you mentioned, some life-changing event that's that's happened for them recently, 
or one that's on the horizon? (laughs) Ultimately, my next question would be about, I had this conversation with my roommate when I was living in Portugal about people, we, we tend to live a very privileged, I mean, we do, I'm very grateful for the privileged life that I lead. So I get to have these opportunities to read and expand and grow and, and these things that I can become aware of. When we start talking about people who uh, are less privileged, who either live in extreme poverty or low-income situations, or they live in countries where the access to information is not available, nor is it encouraged, what sparks an awakening for someone who doesn't have the same kind of Oh, I was living in my fancy house on the lake and then my husband ran off with the his secretary. So now I'm going to go eat, pray, love and do yoga and find out who I really am. Yeah, I don't know that there's an answer that works across the board. I think that for each individual, at least it's part of my belief system that we kind of showed up with the lessons that we wanted to learn in this life, you know, not that we're all conscious of them. There's, you know, many things, I I guess, agreements that I would suggest that we have with our higher self or whatever you want to, you know, uh, name uh, the experience of whatever we were before we were in this life. But it just depends on on that growth path path that a person chose, because as we can see all around us, some people are experiencing much easier lives (laughs) with less growth uh, than others are. And those people that are experiencing not much change. It's not like their life is any less meaningful or they're less content. So I don't know that it's the same across the board. There's some people that show up that just have lots and lots of lessons to learn and lots of growth and have taken on some big challenges. So I think it's it's kind of an individual thing as to you know how much they showed up for. Would you say that you're a member of a community of people who have agreed to assist in the awakening of the planet? Yeah. And, and while I like that, yeah, I, I want to stay away from a lot of the, you know, the, the buzzwords of, of, of awakening. And, and I mean, that's, that's at the very appropriate one, but when I think you know, light workers, um, soul tribe, but all those things do resonate with me and there really aren't coincidences. There's, there's reasons why we tend to attract a similar type of person in our tribe, the, the reason we feel drawn to certain groups of people. So uh, absolutely, I believe that uh, the people that we are drawn to, surround ourselves with, even meet by seeming chance is all for a reason and that we were supposed to come together and connect. And so that being said, back to my previous question about those who are not in that tribe, is there like a mission to bring, I know I'm using lots of buzzwordy things, but you know, I'm just trying to ask for myself again in this podcast, uh, Raj gets to play the guru. That's usually you get to play the guru in my life. Raj has more time in this space and, and I'm, I'm, I am who I am in real life, which is, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of thoughts or ideas or things that I don't know anything about. So this podcast is as much for me just to get to explore and ask questions and learn and grow as a student of, of, spirituality. Mm -hmm. So the question that was posed to me was then, do I feel any responsibility to assist in bringing choice and freedom and awareness to people who live in, and not even just poverty, but people who are repressed 
or by governments or uh, by other groups of people or through their religion. You know, there's a lot of it's a it's a very heavy political and societal climate, I think, that we live in. On one hand, you could also say it's very light. I guess it depends on which side that you're looking at. But if you watch the news or you pay attention to what's happening in the world, there's a lot of things going on. And so as a member of this kind of community, which we're just using words to create mm-hmm. ideas, what what do you what is that what is our social or our planetary anyway responsibility or contract that as you see it, I know it's probably different for each individual. Yeah. And and that's, as I'm listening to you ask these questions, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, where does the foundation for my opinion even come from? And I think it's a combination of things. And I think that kind of needs to be addressed first before I even kind of share what my thoughts are on that. And I think that it's been just a constant exploration through all different belief systems, and then kind of attuning that to what resonates with me and working again and again over time to try and refine my intuition. What of it is ego? What of it is actually coming from a place of knowing beyond ego and and taking all that together and then just kind of framing as situations come up for me and as I run into experiences or even questions like the one you just posed about our personal responsibility. That's a tough question that I don't even know that I have the answer to. But when when I feel into it and kind of when I intuit into it, I think that it is, again, it's going to be very individual. Part of me feels like, like the time that we are born into right now lends towards lifting everyone up collectively. And so that doesn't always mean that you're running out to help at your local food bank it might be that you are living a life of example. It might be that you are your awareness is open so that when people come into your circle of influence, that if there's something that you can offer them in a way that they can receive it and not have expectation about how they receive it, then that's a way that you can contribute. But I don't think there's any set way. And I think it's going to be very different for, for each person. So I don't know that there's a, I don't believe that there's, or at least I don't have the answer to that, but what I just explained is how it, how it uh, comes to me. Yeah. I w- I'm actually uh, really loved that what you said about the time that you're born into, because I've often heard you reference this time as the Super Bowl of, of times. Can you explain what, what yeah. you mean by that? Sure. I say that we have Super Bowl tickets to this time in humanity. It's the flowering of human consciousness. It's kind of like Eckhart Tolle talks about in this um, in this book, um, uh, Whole New Earth, I believe it's called, uh, where he's talking about how. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's actually just a new earth. I'm sorry. It was just laughing because a whole new world is from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> it's a little different. Well, it could be the same. So okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. So go ahead. So uh, Tolly talks about this in A New Earth. Yes. In the beginning of that book, the one of the things that I just found fascinating, he was talking about how here on earth for millions and millions of years, things were just green before the first flower appeared. And that flower was kind of like the evolution of of plant consciousness and the same thing with rocks to diamonds or, you know, uh, reptiles to birds of flight. So I think that we're in this time, and when I say time period, and I believe that, you know, time and space are somewhat of an illusion just for the benefit of our experiences, 
but this time or experience of time that we're born into is very unique in the sense that we are, it occurs to me that we're blossoming into something else. This is the flowering of human consciousness. We don't really know what's on the other side, but we're at that precipice. We're at that very edge of where that change is about to occur and we can all feel it. Uh, you've you've heard me reference the the internet as I believe the internet is a reflection of collective consciousness. It's not good or bad, but a lot of times you know you will hear people reference it as like that's horrible. Look at all the stuff that's happening on there. Well, that stuff happened before. It's just now it's front and center for all of us to see. You know that uh, use this the video example of these animals in the jungle when they placed a mirror out there. And these animals, you know, gorillas and elephants and all these other types of animals are coming up to this mirror. And some of them are having a beautiful experience and kind of making faces and, and kind of looking at themselves and others are charging it and being defensive. And that's kind of how I, I see what's going on right now. For the first time in our history, we have this, this mirror that we're holding up to all of us collectively. And we're seeing the good, the bad, the ugly. We're looking at all of it. And it's causing this rapid burst of growth to where it, it, it occurs to myself and, and you know feedback from others that they're feeling the same is that it almost feels like things are speeding up and speeding up towards an event, even though we don't really know when or what that event is. To me, that event is a big shift in, in our collective consciousness. I totally just thought we, we could do a whole, ep and we should do an entire episode on the internet and technology and social media and the impact, good and bad, and just that it's not even really having an impact. It's literally just a a thing that's, like you said, it's not making it better or worse. It's just showing us what is. It might actually be assisting in making it better or worse, but First and foremost, all it's doing is showing us what is. And then as we see what is, that might be causing what we feel like is an acceleration of good or acceleration of bad. But it's only because of the choices that we're making as we see the reflection, not because of the tool that's giving the reflection itself. Sure. Yep. I would love to do a whole episode uh, on that. And I bet um, the blessed family that's listening would would be totally down. So by way of introducing you, I'd like to put a, that's one thing that one segment that we could go, go off on. I, I think to the point of it being the flowering time recently, it keeps occurring. Maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of keeps coming back into my space. Do you believe that maybe it's not inside of that exact context or construct, but that evolutionary speaking, like base needs for humans have been met and like that, that we have been able to grow in such a way that we are at that point of self-actualization, like the way the, the pyramid kind of goes up, like first your base needs have to be met and then, you know, your safety and your love and belonging, all of those things. And then you're finally able to get to the place. Do, do you believe that that sort of evolution of humans, like from has happened. We've been able to provide for ourselves and get ourselves to the place where the only thing left to do is to evolve our consciousness or. Well, I think that, you know, the hierarchy of needs is viewed through the filter of, of, of the ego. And when we are looking at things through, through that lens, it's about, 
I and about taking care of myself and, and, and what I can do for me and my well-being. As where one of the reasons that I believe meditation is so useful and has become so sought after as a, as a means to, to, I was going to say, uh, to all things, to escape, to thrive, to, to reflect, all of these things that allow us to even exist in this time right now where everything is, where there's so much coming at us. And so it's been my experience that when I take that time and I go into that place of, of deep meditation, not just calming my thoughts, but as Dr. Joe Dispenza would say, you know, becoming no one, nowhere, no time, uh, and just giving you this place where you are completely separate from who you are in this, ex- in this experience of, of being human. And when you can separate from that, then you all of a sudden have space beyond that lens that we look through where we're trying to meet all of those needs. It's the, it gives us a break from that. It gives us separation. And I think that the next evolution of, of whatever, you know, we are to become, whatever that looks like is going to rise above just uh, those basic needs. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love the way that you're describing it. Cause I always have the most rudimentary so I'm sorry if I don't always, when I'm telling people things, don't always repeat everything as eloquently as you do. But that was a, I mean, I mean that as a joke, but the, that was really the only answer that I could sort of come up with to kind of circle back to the question that I was asked about personal responsibility mm-hmm. and helping the planet, so to speak, was that what I felt based on what I've learned it, it, through all the things that I've read and all the documentaries and all the some you know all of that stuff is that the at the fundamental core there's doing things like you mentioned being down at your local food bank and all of those things that there are a lot of people or a lot of you know humans that are doing those things but they're not raising their own vibration they're not working on their own the the if everything is energy they're not elevating the energetic level to which they're vessel or their their soul vibrates and so my answer to her was the absolute best thing that i could do and that collectively we could do as this community of light whatever whatever we want to call ourselves the community of people that are having this conversation is to actually meditate that was the that was literally and in, in terms of personal responsibility to continue to be live my best life for myself and also to what my personal responsibility was to be a contributor to the positive movement or to the raising the vibration of the, of the planet to those people that I can't necessarily reach by like you said taking food to them or you know traveling to their country and setting up whatever it is right Right. Those are still choices of things that people can do, and those are very beautiful things. So, bringing medical care and bringing books and bringing food and all of those things to people that need them is beautiful. But at, at the at the end of the day, the most important thing that a person can do is be responsible for their own personal positive vibration. Well, and the interesting thing about that is, in doing that, you actually are having an impact. If and I mean, we've seen that through all the different studies, you know, from the, the group that meditated in Washington, D.C. and, and uh, was able to reduce crime rate to such a degree that the chief of police there basically said that the only way that that would happen is if there was four feet of snow on the ground. 
So intention and in, in going internal and kind of finding that place within yourself that, um, that you continue to explore to expand your own awareness. But in addition to that, you can also send out intention and actually be effective in raising the vibration collectively, as well as assisting and helping other people, whether it's with their health or anything else, just by applying that intention. Now, as simple as that may sound, and for some that's even hard to swallow, but there is enough that we can, we can measure that confirms that that is in fact the case, that our intention plays a significant role in what we collectively co-create. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about, I keep mentioning the books and the seminars and the teachers and the, you know, the the media that we consume or that you consume as that has become such a staple of my own like media diet. If I'm going to make up my own buzzword now, and you yourself have been a consumer of quote, alternative media for a very long time. Yes. Yes, I have. And so like when, well, maybe just explain to people what alternative media is. The first thing I say about that is, um, I guess it was around 2007, 2008, somewhere around there, I actually got rid of cable television and have not had it since. So I consume. That's about 10 years. Yeah. Over 10 years. Mm -hmm. So when I say consume alternative media, I don't watch CNN. I don't watch Fox. I don't watch any of the major news networks. A lot of times, you know, I'm only aware of a major event um, when, you know, when it's filtered through social media and I've seen some conversation about it. Uh, some people's position on that is that's irresponsible and you should know what's happening on going on around you. My position on that is, is that so much of what we received is programmed for an effect. And it's important to me to be the one to pick and choose what I consume for content because it absolutely is impacting me on so many different levels, how I communicate with people, the things that I talk about, the things that weigh on my mind, the things that I choose to focus on. And when you focus on something, you are giving it energy and you're expanding it. You're creating more of it depending upon the way that you focus on it. So for me, concerning alternative media, I use uh, YouTube, I follow a lot of YouTube channels, podcasts, websites, blogs of things that interest me. And I'm off, often looking for things that are positive. You know, it's one of those things where if a person goes to you, you can have two people go to a cocktail party and have two completely different experiences of that party based on who they talk to and what they chose to focus on. And I've got come to a place where I'm very guarded about the content that I choose to consume because of how it impacts me. Um, So when I say alternative, it's not like I have these particular sources, but I do, I I like Gaia very much. I think Gaia is a force for good. It's kind of a Netflix for all things spirituality. And there's a lot of different viewpoints, even conflicting viewpoints on there, which is good. And it it should be like that. And so my thing is too, is that even from the books that I've consumed over the years and the events and webinars and seminars and everything else that I've gone to, I had this saying that I kind of gone with a long time ago. I don't care if the information comes from a talking squirrel. (laughs) As long as it resonates with me on some level beyond, if I can sit with it and just ask myself, how does this 
feel for me? And I'm not just asking for it as how does it feel in my heart and putting it through emotions or how does it feel in my head, putting it through the ego and my past experiences, but I'm trying to, to tap into that higher self part of me, which through meditation, expanding your awareness gives you more access to. So when I apply it that way and kind of sit with it and ask myself, how does that, how do I intuit that? Is that right for me? Because a lot of times you will have a situation where you'll get some great information. You're like, I've found my guru. And then you find out this person just had some some uh, conspiracy that they were involved in. And then the next thing is like, oh man, I'm throwing out everything I heard from them. It can't really be attached. You can't be attached to the, the source of the message that way, because a lot of times we get bits and pieces from different places that add up to exactly what we needed at any given time for our growth. Yeah. I have learned from you that you are someone that consumes positive things or the things that you find that come into your space and you keep the parts that you that you resonate with and just don't keep the parts that you don't but without needing to go on any kind of crusade or be you know uh, against the messages if they're coming from some yeah. source that has now been discredited or whatever you know i think that that is a, a a path that leads to disappointment when you have too much expectation and too much attachment between the message and the messenger so Again, it's like, as you mentioned, I'm looking, as I'm listening to stuff, the things that agree with me, it's like, ah, okay, I, now this is a puzzle piece that fit into something over here that I've been digesting and chewing on for a long period of time. And now this added to my understanding of what I was looking for. And then something else comes along and it doesn't hold that same weight. And that's just not for me at this time. But this something else that's interesting is you may go back to some material and now that you're reading it again through a new awareness and through different eyes and listening to it different ears, you will find that there is even a different message in it for you, another piece of the puzzle to add to your own growth. And so I guess what my thoughts are on all that we're talking about right now is that there's no single source that you're going to go out and find and it might not even be a whole book or a message that you heard or even a video that you watched. There's going to be bits and pieces. That's most of the people that I've talked to about, you know, personal evolution. It seems that it's a hodgepodge of bits and pieces that are provided to us from many different sources and not whole chunks from like everything in this book or everything from this author. So it's, it's kind of a, just a hodgepodge of how the pieces come to us. Yeah, it's a tangent, but I'd really love to talk about that in more depth sometime because I, uh, there's also a particular quote unquote messenger that's coming into my mind. And he started out and the message seemed really clear, like it was just kind of being channeled, so to speak. But then as the person gains celebrity or becomes more well-known, you kind of start to see the implications of that. And so there's all these different factors about when you get the information where you, like you said, where you are in your journey. I know we've gone back and read the same book two and three and four times. A New Earth is kind of like the spiritual person's Bible, so to speak, <laughs> with like, that's probably the worst thing to call it because it's not that, but it is this living, breathing document that every time we go back, we even do, Jesse does this thing where he plays audiobooks at night and I'm kind of a light sleeper. And so we listen to the same books over and over again, but I happen to always wake up at this moment that I, and I hear something and it's what I needed to hear in that 
moment. And who knows where we were in the book or how many times we've listened to it or why did I wake up at that particular moment in time. So I always think that's a fun exercise when we're <laughs> listening to a book we've heard before. And I always wake up thinking, I've never heard this book before. <laughs> yeah, that actually happens to me a lot too. It's interesting. You know, it's kind of similar to being able to open a book and, you know, find something on that particular page that's really relevant to uh, to a question that you have. Yeah. And again, another conversation for another episode is like, is just that like, if you guys had a chance to sit down with Jesse and go through his, the source material, uh, starting from, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, however long ago. And the, 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 the things it's like almost a methodical, I'm sure it's not been a methodical approach, but you know, I, I was introduced to uh, past life regression therapy and to, channeling documentaries to health. We haven't even really talked about, you know, the food that you put in your body. I started juicing. Uh, There's all kinds of weird supplements in this kitchen that do crazy things for your body that I don't know what they are. We're cooking some tree bark here because Jesse's been, like he said, kind of internalizing and dealing with his own physical self and spiritual self uh, recently. So I would love to just kind of like, I mean, he's just a Rolodex for this type of information, but we're getting to the end of the episode. And one of the things that we always do at the end of our episodes is we leave our family with some exercises or or some practices or something that they can go and do. Because the last thing that we want people to do is just to listen and, and to have no, no impact. So we want to give them ideas for ways to actually take these thoughts or these ideas and actually apply them in their everyday life. And so I'm going to kind of circle back again to what I mentioned before is that imagine And I'm sure, again, it's more diagnosed and then prescribed, but I'm sure you see some repeating patterns, you know, for for you being the a, a person, a soul that tends to show up at a time when another person's soul is ready to whatever the word is, open, change, come out of the cocoon, transform, elevate, whatever the word, whatever, pick your word at that time. What are some of the things or what is one thing or where, where? What's a, where do you have them start? And again, I know it's different for everybody based on whatever they've shared with you and where they're at and what they sort of, you know, need. But again, I'm looking for patterns that would be kind of useful, maybe mostly across the board. What would you tell somebody? And that's a lot of the people that are listening to our podcast is where's a place to start? What's something they could do when they stop listening to this podcast or tomorrow when they wake up or like immediately, what are some first action steps that they can do to implement some of these things that we're talking about? One that comes to mind, uh, there's one big one, but before I get to that, the the one that comes to mind that's the the easiest to do is to just set some time aside each day just to sit. And if like when you got started, when we were talking about the timer, the 10 minute timer to meditate, that's, there's, that's a real place to be for a lot of people. So if that's where you're at, guided meditations are a great place to begin. Binaural audio beats are a good place because it's uh, it's brainwave entrainment. So it's helping you change your brain state so that you can get into a meditative state so that you can feel what that feels like when your brain waves begin to slow and, and, and slip into that slower pattern. 
for those of you that already meditate, I think that one of the exercises you could do is when you're sitting, even in silence, to practice the feeling of ask yourself this question, what would the sensation feel like if I could expand my awareness beyond what it is now? What does that sensation feel like? Where would I feel it in my body? What Would it be the absence of thought? Would it be something new uh, that's connected to source opening up in me? That is That has been a practice that was really, really helpful for me to begin expanding my intuition. So that's on the, the one side of something that anybody can do regardless of where you're at. If you've never meditated before, those are some tools, guided meditations, binaural, some things to get you started, even if it's 15, 20 minutes, a half hour. Uh, for those that experience, practice expanding the awareness. The big one that is a massive catalyst for change for anyone, especially if you are just in the beginning phases of starting to wake up. The most significant thing that you can do is to take the time to go through an exercise where you take everything that you believe, if you've never done this before, especially if you've never done this before, everything that you believe and you put it on a table virtually next to you. And the reason you want to do that is because we often don't realize how much of what we believe and what influences our choices, decisions, our actions on a day-to-day -day basis is an adopted belief system. What we believe a mother is, what we believe a father, sister, brother, what we believe if we have a, a religion that we, that we believe in and that has been a practice our whole life that was given to us by our parents or whether it's uh, thoughts and beliefs from school teachers or anyone that's been influential in your life, to take all of those things and set them aside and one by one say, is this really mine? And if so, why do I believe it? And then one by one, it doesn't mean you can't believe it anymore, but make sure that you're owning that belief rather than carrying around an adopted belief that was handed to you. And then if you do believe it and it's something that you want to explore, put it back Put it back into what it, that identity that is yours, if that's what you, makes you feel comfortable. But in the process, you might find that you offload a bunch of things that you just don't that you just don't need anymore. You know, a, a real quick story to that uh, you've probably heard before was when uh, you know Christmas time and uh, a family was cooking a roast, and the lady cuts off about a third of the roast, puts it in the pan, and puts it in the oven. And she turns to her mom and says, mom, why do we do that? And her mom says, it's because that's how grandmother already cooked it. So they get on the phone and they ask grandmother why she always cut off a third of a roast before putting it in the oven. And she says to him, that was because it was the only way it would fit in our oven. But yet this belief carried on and was adopted by the next generation and the next generation. And there's so many of those things that we hang on to that define us because we've never taken the time to set them aside and evaluate all of those things and only put them back on if they truly are our own and we want to own them. Yeah, this is one of those kind of ongoing processes. I think you can start like with what Jesse's saying to just begin even as an exercise to maybe list out. I can tell you how this applied in my life, if it's helpful, is every time I felt myself up against making a choice or something that, or I felt stuck somewhere and I kept pointing to it's not working because 
you know, I needed to be right, or I needed it to go a certain way. So I don't know if I can give any real concrete examples. I know that there are times where as a stepmom, I felt like I had certain obligations and it meant not being able to do other things that I wanted to do because I, because I felt like, well, I have an obligation as a stepmom. I have to show up to these things. I have to spend that, you know, that this is what being a stepmom, this is, this is how I know I'm a good stepmom. And Jesse was the one to really question and say, if you went and took care of yourself, if you, if you did something that made you happy, that was part of what was good for your own evolution and your own soul, how does that make you a bad stepmom? And ultimately, what, what, what was interesting about this whole exercise that I'll share with you guys is I have a, you know, the notes app on your phone, and I use that a lot for journaling or making notes, <laughs> all kinds of things. And I have this one that I had just written sometime where I was feeling kind of down and I was saying, you know, I'm struggling because I'm trying to be the best wife I could be at the time. I was still married. I was trying to be the best stepmom I can be. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. You know, I'm trying to be the best business owner that I can be. I'm trying to be the best, you know, I'm working on all of these areas. And, and this exercise allowed me to go look at all of those areas. Well, what does it mean to be the best daughter that I can be? It doesn't necessarily always mean what we have either learned from someone else, or perhaps we screwed up once before. And so we made one of those promises to ourselves that like, I'll never ever do that to my sister, you know, to anyone ever again. And that's what it means to be a good person. I just kept finding areas where I had these rules about what it meant to be to excel in that area. And Jesse was a beautiful voice in my ear going, if you didn't do that thing, would it still mean that you were not a good business owner or not a good sister or not a good, you know, fill in the blank. And so if, if, if you're thinking about this exercise, I just kind of wanted to also share like how it, re- how it really applied in my life was every time I was trying to hold myself to some standard, the question became, is that the standard or did you make the standard or did someone else give you the standard? So do you have any go-to, I know you said make some time to meditate every day for people that don't meditate yet and maybe don't even feel like they understand the mechanics of meditation. You mentioned some guided meditations. Do you have any go-to resources that you're willing to, or voices that you're willing to share that you think make that process easy? A few of them. There's quite a few out there. You know, I've, I've been a, a student of, of psychoacoustic technology for many, many, many years, and that's just using sound patterns and binaural beats and that sort of thing. And I believe that for a person doesn't like, like you mentioned, there's lots of people that have never really meditated, don't really understand what it means. There's all different types of meditation, but at the end of the day, in its simplest form, for me, it is changing your state and quieting your mind so that you can tune into aspects of self that we don't have access to every day unless we are in the practice of doing that. So binaural beats is one tool that's helpful because it's kind of, it's training wheels. 
it's, it's essentially helping your brain to get into that state. Now, you should, after having done that for a while, you should also get into the habit of doing it on your own so you're not constantly using that as a crutch, but it certainly helps you get to that state. Now, as far as guided meditations, Glenn Harold really like his. You can find the, his stuff, all tons of it on Spotify, and there's lots of guided meditations. Guided meditations are great because it can be a challenge just if, when you think in terms of meditation, okay, I just need to sit here. Now what? What do I think of that? And set the timer for 10 minutes. Let me tell you how well that's going to go. Am I breathing right? <laughs> what am I doing here? So it's, it's helpful to have some things to guide you so that you can uh, get used to that sensation. Um, and it's important to be sitting up because when you're laying down, we have the natural tendency when our bodies get relaxed and we're laying down to go to sleep. So that's why it's important to be sitting up keeping a, an erect spine, especially when getting started uh, with meditation. Some other very good guided meditations, Dr. Joe Dispenza, tremendous amount of uh, meditations there that are wonderful. Very helpful for feeling energy centers of your body. Also very helpful for helping you expand your awareness. Lots of very, very good meditations uh, that he's put together. There's a company that does very good binaural beats right now, a company called Sacred Acoustics. There's another company called Bull Brain Learning Institute that has products through their division called BrainSpeak. So those are some, some good resources. And it's, it, I really think that for people just getting started, they're going to find a lot of benefit in both the guided meditations. And if you really only have short amounts of time, guided meditations are going to be, usually be anywhere from 30 minutes to 45 minutes, somewhere in there. Binaural beats, some of those meditations, and some of those are actually a combination of binaural and guided. And those will be somewhere in the range as short as 15 minutes up to maybe 30 minutes or so. So that's a, those are some good resources and good place to start. Yeah, those are these are all definitely the places that I that I started with. Um, started with Dr. Joe. I loved that we started there. Or I started there because I felt like he has a very left-brained approach to explaining something that is often taught very right-brained. So if you're camp out in the need to know the science behind, but also gives a really good explanation of like what to do when you sit down to meditate. Cause that was my biggest question, which is to most people, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Right. right. So, well, I want to bring you back cause I want to talk about, supplementation and biohacking. I want to talk about social media and technology. I want to hear more about your Rolodex of resources. I've heard many of these things, but I want you to, I want you to come back so I can interview you and we can share them with, with the listeners of the podcast. Um, in the meantime, is there anything that you are, is, you know, there for you that you didn't get to share with uh, the family before we wrap up today's episode? Oh, so, so, so many topics for sure to cover. And uh, it's, it's been great. I really, this is the first time, you know, except in a one-on-one -on -one basis that I really have these kind of conversations. So I've never really shared this stuff on a podcast. So this has been good and be happy to come back and share more. Yeah, we'd love to have you as a regular guest. And also I think you and Raj would have a great episode together on even masculine feminine and just energy and 
I don't know, whatever it is, guy talk, guy spirituality. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you everybody for being here. Please don't forget to like, share, give us a rating on iTunes, please. If you, if you are into what we're doing and it's making a difference for you and also please come back to the blessed family Facebook group and share with us about your exercises. Did you, did you make some time to sit down and meditate? How long have you been doing that? Issue yourself a challenge, maybe take it on for three days, four days, five days, see what happens and maybe expand from there or any of the other suggestions. If you have lists of resources, some alternative media or books that you read or subscribe to, we'd love to hear about those as well. So please come back in the group and share. And don't forget to share this episode with your friends and give us a rating. Give us that five-star rating if if we're giving you a five-star podcast on iTunes. Thank you very much for being here. We'll talk to you guys next week. 